Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this edition of the Sophisticated Property Investor podcast. And with me today, I have... Pauline Chalmers. Hey, Pauline, good to see you. <laughs> and we're working on that intro, Rick, guys. Uh, we're getting there. And uh, I am your host, Frank Flegg, as ever. So in today's episode, we are focusing on working from home. Now, as a sophisticated property investor, it is very important that you master this art because it's unlikely that you're sat in an office with a boss looking over you, telling you how to build your property portfolio and make it as successful as possible. You're probably doing it off your own back. So you're probably your own boss. Perhaps you have a business partner that you're accountable to, but you certainly are not an employee. And you're most likely doing it remotely. You're most likely working from home. You may have an office. Some of our EPP partners have offices. But even if you go somewhere separate to work, and that can be a different sofa in your house, it can be an office in your home, or it can be an office elsewhere, you are still your own boss in effect. So that's what this episode is all about. We're going to talk to you about the benefits, we're going to talk to you about the challenges, we're going to share some of our top tips. But we're also going to branch out a little bit into, well, what if you're running your own business alongside your sophisticated investing? Because that business is also working from home. So how can these tools and strategies be applicable to that? And of course, even if you're an employee at the moment and you've got your own job, you're probably running your sophisticated property investing on the side. And so as an employee at the moment, very few employees are working the typical five days a week in the office. Many of them are now working some days in the office and some days at home, etc. So I think this episode will help a lot of people. Pauline, thank you for joining us. Now you, of course, were in that middle camp where you did have a full-time job and then became a part-time job as your property investing business grew. So how about you just share your journey with us and how you found it? Sure, yeah, and, and you're right. It, and a lot of people transition through this into maybe working full-time from home running their own business. So I, I had a, an international role with IBM and I worked from, from home probably for about the last 18 years, actually, since I've gone um, full-time in property. Since then, I've gone full-time in property. But for the time I was with IBM, I worked, I had a, an office, dedicated office space at home. Uh, initially, it was the kitchen breakfast bar um, and then it became clear that I was going to continue to work from home so I had a dedicated office space then I started investing in property about 13-14 years ago and ran my property business alongside my job so I utilised the obviously you need IT equipment for running any sort of business for yourself so utilised the same space if you like and, and did both things alongside each other. (laughs) <laughs> you'll laugh at this Pauline the reason I went quiet is because the um statement I've been working from home for 18 years it just hit me like a a, a hammer between the eyes and I was thinking 18 years that's amazing have I even worked for 18 <laughs> years and um I've just worked it out. I've only worked for 17 years, isn't that? Oh, doesn't that, doesn't that make, you, <laughs> make you feel, feel young? I feel great then. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, that's tickled me, yeah. Um, I had to add it up. I had to add up my gap year and my PGC, etc. But yeah, I started working 17 years ago. But that transition, and it couldn't have been a more, um, a bit like you going from full-time employment. So have you ever wor- worked full-time in an office for someone? Yes. So that you've had the same transition as me. So I was a full-time secondary school teacher. Obviously, you can't teach remotely. Well, (laughs) until recent years, you couldn't teach remotely. You were in school at, you know, to the time. You have a bell, don't you? The bell goes and you you have to be there to accept your your form group. Um, And the bell goes at the end of the day and everyone shoots off. And so going from that level of, and you can call it, control or rule following structure you can call it that but actually it is a a support as well you can't as a an employee be a bit 
wishy-washy about getting out of your pajamas. You know, you can't rock up to school half an hour late or into the office an hour and a half late because you just fancied breakfast in bed or you wanted to finish off that episode of Ozarks from last night or, or whatever it is. That structure is also a support. But the problem is that when that goes, some people find it difficult. And I, I, I actually believe that most people find different aspects of working from home challenging. Very few people I know leave that structured environment and slide seamlessly into an unstructured self-management working from home environment. And we saw that over um, the lockdowns, didn't we? How, how difficult people found that, you know, people put on tons of weight, people were struggling. And of course there were other challenges people had kids at home people were missing out on social interaction etc but i think there's a very few people can go from that structured environment work environment to that unstructured environment without hitting some challenges and i, and I liken it actually to people coming out of the military so people that have been in the military come out into Civvy Street, as they call it, a massive proportion struggle with that. And I think it's it's because you know what you should be doing every minute of the day in the military. You know, it's prescribed to you and you're given orders and you follow them. And then in civilian life, you have a lot more leeway. Well, it's a, it's a similar jump or leap from being in a job where you turn up at this time, you have a meeting at this time, you do this, you do this, you do this, to well, now I'm my own boss. What if I want to play golf at 8am on a Monday instead of driving an hour to work? What if I want to knock off at 3pm on a Thursday to pick my kids up from school? Well, of course, you can do all of those things. But if you do all of those things every day, <laughs> not very much work. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Precisely. So what would what would the what challenges did you face? Let's start with the challenges, Pauline, in going from 100% employee working in an office to partially working at home and then partially working at home to fully working at home what challenges did you encounter um i think it, it's there's been a shift in technology since then i mean um zoom wasn't around at that point in time and so there's been a gradual transition to more and more online communication but at that, at that time you become a little bit invisible to the organisation because you're not you're not you're not vis really not visible in the office, so it can be isolating in that sense. And at the time, I was in a sales role, so I was out meeting customers a lot of the time, and and you know working from home when I was in the office, I was I was in my home office. So it's probably that isolation uh, more than anything else, being invisible, and you know being fully accessible on a phone, but. And nowadays you would you would have Zoom. Well, I don't know how many Zoom calls I have a day now. You know, but even before we went into lockdown, a lot of organisations had transitioned into Zoom working. So you are a lot more accessible, a lot more engaged, but you can still be isolated because you're not. You haven't got that team camaraderie, and that's down to it can have an impact depending on your personality. You know, we talk a lot about disc, and if someone's quite sociable whether that's, you know, or a peopley person, whether it's a high I or a high S, who like social interaction with, direct with other individuals, it can be isolating. So that's definitely one thing. Um, and, and secondly, having the motivation and discipline that, that it takes to actually consistently work the hours that you're assigned to work. Depends on the role that you have. I transition from a kind of nine to five or nine to half five role into an international role where I have real flexibility and also I need to work very early in the morning and sometimes late in late at night depending on whether I was dealing with Asia Pacific Europe and then Latin America or the States but that but what that gave me was real flexibility in the daytime that I could work around other tasks that I had in my property business. If you're doing two things, you know, if you're running two businesses or a job in a business, I had flexibility around that. But it is a long day then if you're starting early and finishing late. So those are the two things, motivation and discipline together with being a little bit isolated. Fascinating. I straight away when you talked about isolation, that hadn't occurred to me as a challenge. I wouldn't have, I would have done this whole episode on my own and that's the benefit of us doing it uh, in, in pairs, these episodes, is because... 
I wouldn't have thought of it isolation. And that's because I don't have the same high level of um, I in my disc profile. So I'm not as sociable a being as you. I'm quite happy not seeing another human being for days on end. Um, in fact, I quite like it. <laughs> so that wouldn't be difficult for me. But when you said isolation from your team, then it hit a chord with me because I am very recognition focused. So for me, working really hard for a boss and the boss, you said lack of visibility, I think something along those mm -hmm. lines for my boss, not to know how good a job I was doing and not to communicate that to me would be really challenging for me and, and and that's a typical high d profile a high d um person wants recognition they want celebration they want to know they're doing a good job and when you start working for yourself it's the ultimate in that because there's no one to tell you you're doing a good job you get to decide if you did good work today or not and in property investing it's very different to a different industry so if you, if you think of um i'm trying to think of an industry where you sell lots of stuff i guess a friend of mine runs a crystal um store online she does fantastically well sells tens of thousands of pounds worth of crystals uh from basically her bedroom every um month and um she knows if she's had a good day at the end of the day because her software tells her she can mm -hmm. see through her online shop that she's had an amazing day a mediocre day or a poor day based on i made this much money we sold these many this many crystals in a in a property investment environment the work you do today won't necessarily be rewarded for months or years and I'll give you a quick um, example of that I'm completing on a property today as it happens um, I did that deal just over five years ago it, it was one you'll probably remember this transaction uh, Pauline it was a help to buy transaction so it was a a, a a property in London where the tenant so the council tenant approached me and said I've been to all the property gurus I can find I've been to all the uh, forums online I have the opportunity to buy this property for I think they bought it for around um, it was just about 45% of its value. So I think it was valued at about 250 and they bought it for, I think, one, two, 120, 125, something like that. So it was um, under 50%. And they had, I think, 14 days or 10 days in which to buy it. Otherwise, the council would have revalued it. It had been valued about a year before and it had already gone up quite significantly. So they needed this £125,000. I think we lent them £128,000 in, in total to pay for their legals to buy this property in the next 14 days. And they said to me, um, can, can you help? And, and I said, yeah, I think I can. So we became, no one else could work out how to do it, but I read all of the councils every council is different but they mostly follow the same trends in in their t's and c's and i worked out that i could become the mortgage lender and set the interest rate at a level whereby if she refinanced off my loan quickly then she, i'd make a good return but if she took a long time to refinance off then i would repossess the property and she was happy with that. She knew it was a really high interest rate. I think we set the interest rate at 4% a month. So that's a 48% interest rate. Um, business to business, because it was a buy-to-let property, so it's an unregulated loan. So none of the normal regulation about consumer credit. And so I set that deal up. I actually partnered with a friend of mine from church who put the money in. So he put 120 eight thousand pounds in we formed the company lent the company uh, lent the company rather lent the money to her she bought the property and she had all this equity in the property but obviously had a high interest rate to service and she didn't refinance quickly but the council had a clawback clause which meant that if someone else took possession of the property within five years 
the discount that she'd received, which was about £125,000, would be clawed back in proportions. And we originally thought we were going to repossess after two years, but then we delayed. And we are today taking possession of the entire property. So we've got the entire property. So in effect, we got a um, £125,000 discount on the property, although it's gone up in, in value. It's been up massively in value. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> quite, quite significantly, exactly. And now we can choose to refinance. We can choose to sell the property on. Now, if you look at that deal for me, that she did pay an amount each month. I think she paid £500 a month which was a small part of the 4%. So my business partner and I have been receiving £250 a month each, which was a very small return on his 125, 128 grand. Uh, he did it for the end result. But for me, I have been receiving £250 a month for the last five and a half years, even though I put no money into the deal. But that's not really that great a return for putting together the whole deal at the start. Now, to be fair, there's not been a lot of work after I've set the deal up. But I'm being paid for all that work I did five and a half years ago today because I've, I've now got 50% of this apartment um, in London, which has a ton of equity in it, or we can actually, we're considering hanging on to it, refinancing so my partner gets his 128 out, and then we've got a no money down property that we can rent out and and I'll then get an infinite return on on my no money down deal from five and a half years ago. But it's really only today, and I might pop open a little bottle of champagne because you have to <laughs> you have to celebrate these celebrate. wins. Exactly. Yeah. Especially it's if like, it come around every five years. Well, that's it. Why not? Yeah. No. Fortunately, I do deals a bit more often than that. But my point is, today's really the only day where I can go, yeah, I made, I don't know how much I'll end up making today, but a decent chunk of equity will come into my control from five and a half years ago. But that's a long time to go. Yeah, that was a good day I had five and a half years ago. <laughs> You've forgotten about it. Whereas my friend Violet, she's getting that instant feedback. So my 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 point for that quite long winded story is, when you're working for yourself at home in a sophisticated property investment business, the feedback can't be extrinsic. It can't be well. I've done this good deal today, or I've I've just made this money because okay, that's an extreme example. Five and a half years. If you deliver a load of leaflets today, you're probably not going to own a property from those for for months, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five months. So I think you do need to work out how you're going to motivate yourself, how you're going to celebrate your wins, because for a high D personality, you're used to getting it from your peers. I, I can remember working in school. People said to me, you cannot read all your emails. Don't bother trying to read all your emails. Well, that's like... That's like a challenge to me. It's like whenever anyone says something's impossible, I'm like, right, I'm going to be doing it. I used to leave school at 7, 8, even 9 p.m. because <laughs> I wanted to make sure I did everything that was expected of me and what wasn't expected of me. But, and like the caretaker used to go, Frank, I've locked up every other room now. You're the last people. I really need to lock up the science block because I need to go home. I've got a wife, you know, <laughs> I'd be the last one getting on my push bike. I used to cycle to and from school. That That is actually feedback, isn't it? That's, yeah. you're a hard worker. You're doing a good job. You know, I remember the headmaster used to, I, I got promoted, you know, et cetera. I got given more responsibility. <laughs> they gave me the hardest form group in year three. I remember the, the real <laughs> naughty kids I got given those, but that's all feedback in a way, isn't it? But when you're, working for yourself, you don't, you don't get that. So I think that's one challenge connected to the isolation and lack of visibility. And the second one that jumped out for me was working too hard. Now, I don't think it's a common one. I think most people don't work hard enough when they work for themselves. But for me, it was the reverse. It was like, well, when do you stop? Mm. Do you stop at five? Do you stop at seven? Do you stop at 12 when you go to bed it's very very hard and how do you stop yourself working on a Saturday how do you stop yourself working on a Sunday well it's, it's very easy when you don't have a laptop at home and you have to go to an office to do your job if you're used to doing some kind of job that you can only do from the office you're off whenever you're at home but when all of a sudden your office is at home and your work is at home especially for people that do so much on their phones now so you might think yeah I'm not opening my laptop today but if you're taking WhatsApp messages, business related, if you're um, 
your emails ping up on your phone. Like my dad, when I was in Serbia, my dad said, oh my goodness, you've got, I can't remember how many it was, like 45 messages, uh, email messages. Um, and I said, he said, don't you need to read those? Because he, he used my phone for something. I had a, uh, I've actually got a Serbian um, SIM card, so he was using my phone. And um, he said, um, you've got all these emails, don't you need to read them? And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not reading emails until I get back to the uh to the office in the UK I was there for four or five days um and he said um but won't like don't you need like for him the <laughs> look, like horrified <laughs> the little red number and they're red for a reason aren't they your notifications that little red number of whatever it was 35 or 45 was like yeah but those people are waiting like he wanted to clear them for me he wanted to read my emails for me and get them gone but that's that's a skill, isn't it? It's a skill mm-hmm. to be okay with. No, I'm not working now. Now, ironically, I was working, but I was working with my Serbian team and I was with my family. So I was either spending time with the Serbian team or I was with my family. I wasn't servicing everyone that had emailed me. I was, to all intents and purposes, I was off from the office. You know, I wasn't, and I had an autoresponder on and the irony is my Serbian PA was monitoring my emails. That's ironic, but that is a skill in and of itself, isn't it? To be able to switch off. So those are a couple of challenges that I've encountered. Are there any others, Pauline, that you've seen people struggle with <laughs> before, before we move on to the, the benefits and the tips? Cause I feel like this is a really, 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 um, I don't want to, I don't want to have a property business now. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing because you hear that from people that are in, in, throughout lockdown that there was enforced working from home and the the trials and tribulations of having children at home or managing children or, you know, the, this, your desk environment, you know, there's all those things to consider, isn't there, that you need an ergonomic space that you're going to still be healthy if you're working long hours at PC and and. The irony is that in an office environment, you go up to go for a coffee and you'll meet people and you have a chat and you'll um, catch up on, on on maybe some of the tasks that you're doing and you get to stretch at that point in time. You don't get to do that if you're on your own, generally speaking. So I don't know about you, but my kitchen's not far away from the office. The bathroom's not far away from the office. I don't need to walk very far to get to get, to get a handle on anything. So there's just that, I guess. It's- What's the drawback that you get fat? <laughs> yeah, fat. Yeah, a lot of people got fat in lockdown, didn't they? They got they got fat. You're not getting got, the steps up because the, the, everything's too close and easy. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got really fit in lockdown. Actually, I found that um, not being able to go to a class or go to the gym or whatever, I set up a gym buddy at home, mm. a gym at home. So, I, and we've continued it. Actually, we meet regularly on Zoom to work out together. And I've oh, got what dogs, can I do? So I'm outside mm. walking the dog as well. So, um, yeah, it's just that commitment we know that in order to have a great business there's many different facets to it isn't there there's one mm. our skill and acumen and doing great deals and there's the financial aspect to it but there's also the and the mental aspect and the physical and you need all of them together in order to have a great business mm. now and the long term so you've got to consider it one of the things that i've struggled with especially in the early days was because i don't miss social interaction I was quite comfortable working on my own a lot of the time now I'd go meet vendors I'd go meet builders that were doing the work so vendors that were selling me properties builders that were uh, doing the works on properties Um, I would meet my letting agents I would very rarely meet tenants um, because the letting agents did that for me and then solicitors and mortgage brokers were all online or or on the phone. So I did have meetings, but they were very transactional meetings. If you think about that, you know, it's a schedule of works, it's checking progress, it's signing off on payments to builders, vendors, it's a sales interaction. You you can't shoot the breeze with them. You can't say, oh yeah, I'm having a bit of a rubbish day. You know, it's a very focused <laughs> conversation. Um, and also it's one or two or three meetings. It's not you know, you don't build a relationship, a deep relationship. And so the one thing that I stumbled into, which really suited me as a newly self-employed person was networking. And so I didn't miss being in a office environment. 
In fact, I quite liked being out of an office environment. But I, I think I would have missed social interaction at some point. And the perfect, the perfect balance for me was one BNI meeting a week. And I'm not plugging BNI, although I think it's brilliant. Uh, I used to be a, um, uh, I used to run Nottinghamshire and Lincolnshire BNI. So I think we had. I don't know, a couple hundred members at some point. So it's a couple hundred business owners that I supported to have meetings once a week. And I, before that, I became a member. I think I was a member for seven or eight years. And once a week, we all used to sit down for breakfast Thursday morning. Um, I used to have to get up super early, like five, half past five, drive there for quarter past six, half past six, and then we'd meet for two or three hours. And then I'd often have coffees with people, might have lunch with someone. So it was a full day on a Thursday. But for me, and at that stage, I was always wearing a suit. I haven't worn a suit in years, actually. Um, But I was always wearing a suit. And it was like um, a rock in my week. And I was accountable to going, um, like attendance is expected in BNI. So I put my suit on, I went to the meeting, I had my breakfast, I gave some business to people and they said, thank you. Um, I was given some some leads and I said, thank you. Then I'd have some one-to-one meetings and we'd explore how we could work together or refer business to each other. Then I would normally follow up on the lead. So I'd make some sales calls and then I'd go home and knock off early because I was really tired. So I'd be home by like (laughs) half. Up so early. (laughs) Exactly. So half three, four o'clock I was knocked off and I might go for a bite ride or, or uh, crack open a bottle of wine or whatever, because it was a, a, a successful day. But I think having that, and it sounds funny, doesn't it? But having that once a week just gave me a bit of structure and um that feedback that was a good day if I turned up with three referrals you get a round of applause if you get three referrals and I think if you do five you get a standing ovation and so the number of times I would work really hard in the week to give five pieces of business so I could get a standing ovation just thinking about it now I think yeah I hadn't occurred to me before I fell into that but I'd be on a high then on Friday because I'd had a good day on Thursday. And then by, you know, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, I'd be looking forward to Thursday. So actually it became quite a a rock in my diary, quite an important part of my week. Yeah, which I, had I not fallen into that, it was a chance encounter where um, my business partner was invited along to BNI and he said, Frank, I think you should join one of these. And in the end, we both joined one. And now, as you know, we recommend partners to join one because you can do so many TDIC flips from uh, BNI. Mm. Um, I know your business partner, Amanda, is, is in a group and she does a tremendous amount of business from it, doesn't she? So, she does, yeah. Yeah. I and think- that suits, and as you said, you're a high D, Amanda's a, a high I, that social interaction. Um, and, and it's with BNI, it's the same people. I mean, they're referring you to different contacts but it's a team exactly that you meet every week the same people you meet every week yeah and that's where you can form deep relationships I'm still friends with people I still do business with probably 10 people now I've not been a member for over 12 years I think 2010 I think I left BNI I think no I no I have been a member since let me get that right maybe eight years seven or eight years I haven't been a member for. I'm still doing business with at least 10 people from BNI. I bet if I counted it, it'd be more like 20. And I'm still friends with two or three of them, which is amazing that many years on. So yeah, it, it, I was just thinking actually, it ticks networking, especially close contact networking like BNI, where it's the same people you meet every week. It ticks the high I profile. Uh, well, let's start with the disc. It ticks the high D because it's performance related and, um, success-based and outcome-driven and you get recognition for doing well it ticks the high eye because you're pressing the flesh and and chewing the cud with people and 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 it's the same people every week so you're with your friends for the high s people the the more um compliant and the rule followers and the nurturers it's perfect because you are literally helping people with their livelihood you're helping them to grow their businesses you're looking after them and you're following the and it's all within a really clear set of guidelines so I think it actually suits high s's although they might find it difficult at the start but once they're integrated and they understand it I think can do really well and in fact Mm. some of the members of BNI that I think of now are really 
high S have done phenomenally well because they're so loyal to the group and they, they stick with it. And then the high C people, so the high attention to detail people, I think they love it because every single piece of information is tracked. So what's your attendance? What percentage attendance are you at? That's tracked for you and everyone else in the group. How many opportunities to do business do you bring per month on average? How many visitors have you brought? And some people will be thinking, listening to all this thinking, oh my goodness, that's my idea of a nightmare. And, <laughs> and it might be. But but for the high C, the high compliant people, the data driven people, they love that because it's like, that's what a bad job looks like. And that's what a good look job looks like. So now I can go do a good job. So yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, for me, yeah. it really helped, really helped. Yeah. And, and the other thing from, you know, it's you've talked about BNI, which is a weekly meeting. What, what I found now bear in mind I'm there I'm now working from home in my job and I'm running a property business and which I want to grow is that how how can I have that feeling of camaraderie and recognition mm. because I every, everyone likes recognition I want to be acknowledged and also some of it can come from comparison you know if you if you're if you're being benched if you or if you benchmark yourself against your peer group and your above the average then there's there's recognition there that for even for ourselves that we're going to do a good job so i found when i joined dpp one of the reasons and it wasn't the priority but one of the reasons why i joined dpp was because of the culture that's there that um it was like being part of an organization where there was a head office and we had access to the head office and you, we all have the same goal in running our own businesses because mm. we building our own business. But the the camaraderie, the rapport that we built with each other, which has resulted in a massive number of joint ventures, gave me the social aspect that I needed as well. So I got a lot from, so if, it, if it's working in isolation may suit some people and, and you may get your, um, get the feedback or whatever you need from depending on you know what you do if it's BNI or whatever, but but I found that I found the social aspect of of EPP really valuable. Mm. And it's not too much uh, commitment. It's one day a month, face to face, and that's yeah. why we have such high turn up rates you know people move heaven and earth to make that you know people put them in for the the next 18 months so they're in the diary and they know which days they're they're up in derby to meet with the whole team but it's and then it's the um monday morning webinar so they know that one hour every monday morning they can see a bunch of faces that are all on the same team that are all working together and so there is enough contact there to build deep relationships over, over time there's enough contact there so you know people and you know where they're at on their journeys um uh, but it's not too onerous yeah it, it is a good balance actually because sophisticated property investing is lonely isn't it where, where mm. do you where do you spend your time you're you're basically a self-declared solo sailor aren't you <laughs> you're off gosh on that the, sounds so exciting doesn't it wow <laughs> you're off on the high seas but in your own boat but all on your own yeah yeah um, yeah so we've covered some of the um, challenges. <laughs> challenges. Yeah, yeah. So what would um, your top tips be and what are the benefits of um, working from home? Um, so I think let's start on the benefits. I think the, it, it kind of speaks for itself. You know, you've got many people now have got used to not having that journey into, into an office somewhere and that could be near or far. I lived 70 miles from my office when I started with IBM. So it's a 140 mile round trip wow. every, every day. Um, and you get used to it, and many people do this as well. But you think about fuel costs of today that, that are huge. Then you've got is that like three hour drive, something like that? Is that I'm guessing? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I'd leave early and I'd I'd miss the traffic both ends of the day. Mm. So, and as you get used to it, it's tiring, but you get used to it. And then I was in a sales role, so I was out and about anyway. Um, so th- there's a lot. So with that, there's a lots of benefits from being in and around home in the sense of. You can be there from when your kids go to school and when they come home from school and make your working hours around about it, you know, make them work, depending on what your home life's like. You can walk the dog, you know, and, and when the weather's nice, I'll take a break at lunchtime and I'll go and walk the dog at lunchtime um, and get some fresh air and get some exercise at the same time. So there's the home life aspect of it. It's really funny. I, I've, I guess it's my mindset. I've never struggled with 
watching TV. I think some people will say, "Oh, I want to go and watch TV at lunchtime." I've never, I've never switched on the TV. Um, so it's that that comes in from the discipline. But you have got that option if you want to go and sit quietly somewhere. No one's going to look at you oddly in the office when you're at your desk and you're not working. You've got that. You've got that freedom of space. And I think that's the main one. You've got real flexibility then around how you work and where you work and. If you're working for yourself entirely, you've got freedom of time. You can choose when to work and when not to work. So if your role means that you don't have to be there in the daytime and you can actually work of an evening, you can spend the day juggling the kids or whatever, um, taking a day out and going playing golf and then working of an evening. So it gives you that time freedom that you don't get if you're in the office from nine to five or in a set period of time. And I think that is massive. The bit that I'd add to that is... I am planning my summer at the moment. We're looking at um, childcare, who's going to have the kids when, and and I've looked at the um, how much time I want to spend at the at the beach house. Now, my new partner um, is a lawyer and is is far more. She's not actually an employee because you know the way partnerships work with lawyers and stuff, um, but is far more expected to be in the office on certain days and far more of a employee mentality whereas I've looked at it and I thought well I want to the, the kids are off for those two weeks I, I want to be up at the beach house and it really brought it home to me that well I can be it, it doesn't mean I'm going to have those whole two weeks off um she's used up all her annual leave and so it boils down to well I can do my job I can do all my zoom calls I can do all my phone calls I can do all my emails from literally anywhere in in the world and I can be I can be at the beach house with my kids. You know, I can say to them, right, kids, in the morning, dad's going to work. So you entertain yourselves, you know, go out on your bikes, go. They wouldn't go play beach on their own, but, you know, you can play computer games, you can chill out. And then and also, I can start early. I can start at six or whatever while they're still asleep. So I can be done by 11 and they then we can go spend the rest of the day together. So it's, it's that flexibility, I think, um, is massive. When you say you've never had a problem with TV. It's interesting because I love watching TV in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> I I will I do one of two things. If I've worked really long hours and I'm tired, I'll put relaxing sport on. So like cricket, tennis, um, uh, snooker, those three send me to sleep in about 15 minutes flat. So I'll put that on and have a snooze. And there's nothing more decadent for me of having an afternoon snooze. And I love that. And then, you know, the kids are coming back from school. I'm full of energy then by the time, you know, I'm picking them up or whatever. And that's part of my day. I don't see that as copping off or not doing my uh, work. Of course, I'm not working then. It's about that balance, isn't it? And if I've worked often I work 14, 15 hours, you know, if we're doing an event or something, it'd be a really long day. And so I have no problem with giving myself that slag. The other thing is I'll often put, not necessarily tennis, but I'll often put golf or snooker on in the background, perhaps cricket. And if I'm working on a project, so if I'm really wanting to get into something for a few hours i'll have that on as like wallpaper in the background well you can't do that in the office can you no one's gonna be happy with you <laughs> you know can you imagine teaching Mike, are you doing any work <laughs> yeah yeah can you imagine teaching your class and you've got a little tv in the corner going you know going with the cricket on um so yeah i think that flexibility is a massive benefit if we're talking about the benefits uh, for sure and little things you mentioned traffic I structure my days to minimize my mm. driving. You know, if I've got a meeting, I won't book a meeting for 9am. I'll book it for half 10 so I can do the whole journey with a minimum of traffic. Um, if I'm, if someone wants to meet me at, uh, you know, if someone can't meet me before 4pm, I'll meet them at seven for dinner rather than at four. And then no, I'm driving home in rush hour. So th those kind of things where you can just structure your day going to the gym if you go to the gym at six six thirty seven o'clock it's rammed 
But if you go to the gym at 1 p.m. or actually 1 p.m. gets a bit busy for lunchtime, but 2 p.m. it's empty. You know, you're in there with a couple of retired people. It's it's great. <laughs> you can you can crack on or watch Countdown together um, in uh, on the TV. I don't think Countdown's running anymore, is it? But anyway, I don't know. Well, you could put the cricket on in the background. Exactly. And that's yeah. It's it's funny, isn't it? But I think it is about structuring your day. So. Um, it's about knowing yourself. You've just mentioned it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it. I sometimes struggle to motivate motivate myself to go to the gym. I normally don't struggle to motivate myself to exercise, so I'll normally be okay running or cycling. But actually going to the gym, sometimes I just don't feel like it. And do you know how I motivate myself? I find a series on Netflix that I really want to watch. And I'll only allow myself to watch it when I'm at the gym. So I've got Bluetooth headphones. I put it on my phone, on Netflix on my phone. And and it's brilliant. I can sometimes do, I feel not like it at all. I don't feel like it at all, you know, on a particular day. And I think, well, I'll just go and watch one episode. And I can end up staying there for an hour and a half at the gym, you know, on the rowing machine or on the cross train or whatever, watching this episode because I'm in it. And you might think, well, that's just because you're weird, Frank. But my point is you have to understand yourself. Because you don't have that structure of, I go to the office at nine, I finish at five, I walk to the gym around the corner, I work out at the gym, I come home for my dinner and I sit down with my wife at half seven or whatever and have my dinner. You don't have that structure anymore if you are your own boss. So you have to work out what makes you tick. And and for me, that really works for me. I feel quite exposed now that I've told everyone <laughs> how I motivate myself to work out at the gym. But if, if I didn't, if I didn't have that little trick to make myself go to the gym, I wouldn't do any weights. And then I'd be scrawny, scrawny, yeah. scrawny. 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 Yeah, exactly. You'd be scrawny. Exactly. Yeah. We, it is important knowing yourself. I know that if I set a date with a friend to work out, then... You know, I worked out at seven o'clock this morning. We met at ten to seven on Zoom. And would you have done that if you didn't oh. have someone else on the other end of Zoom? It's much harder, God, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> the duvet would have called, or I'll be like, "Oh, I'll just I'll just hit the dog for what now?" Or just, I'll just, and as soon as I get in the shower, then that's it. I know there's no chance of working it <laughs> afterwards. It's kind of the writing's on the wall, isn't it? Mm. So it's, and I've I know myself well enough to know that I I can do the evening, but I have to go somewhere. So I've joined a um a gym that's brilliant i love it but i, I pre-book it so i've booked a session ah, and, and okay. sometimes go of an evening and then in the morning one it's more of a kind of i might do it we might do a dance thing i might go on the bike i could do my rebounder or anything like that mm. but it's the the gym one is is just weights i want to do weights um good for your I, bones I, doing weights. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've got yeah as i get older i've got to think of that i haven't <laughs> <laughs> After 18 years of working, oh, <laughs> your nice. bones, your bones must need some uh, need some work. Yeah, oh, that's need funny. Some work, yeah. Right. So, any other tips? Top tips for people. What else can you share uh, in the um, last five minutes or so? I think I think just sort of digressing a little bit, just in terms of the office environment, you've got to consider that for everybody, however you work, if you're running a business or even just working from home, how you manage GDPR and the protection of data, et cetera. So um, that's just something for people to have a think about if they're if they're thinking of setting up a business and, and running it from home, how they deal with the, the data that they hold. You know, is it under lock and key? Are they registered with ICO? Um, that sort of thing. Because it might not be immediately apparent to them. They think, oh, I'm at home, I'm all right. No, it's still an office. And you've got to comply mm. with the current legislation. See, that's why you're detail focused and I'm not. That never in a million years that wouldn't have occurred. Now I know we are ICO registered. Someone's done that in the office. And I know we have a GDPR. G, I can't even say it, GDPR policy. But oh, that's so funny that you've brought that into this podcast. There you go, guys. Go check that out. I was actually thinking your working environment is critical. So I'm looking around me now. It's really bright. Um it's clean and clear um, and that motivates me when I'm feeling less motivated it's almost always because my environment isn't right and I can work really well for hours on end in a coffee shop I can go and sit in a Costa or a Starbucks um, and can really be in the zone normally I put headphones in and listen to music but I can just sit there with a coffee and <laughs> they probably hate me because I tie up a table for hours but for me that that works 
only for certain work, not for talking to people. I can't do sales calls. It's too loud. But for getting in the zone, because a bit like you said, there's no distractions there. No one's walking in and, and asking you a question. There's no washing to put on. There's no, there's nothing. You're, 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 you know, you're in someone else's front room when you're in a, a coffee shop. And, and I don't particularly like being in an office either. And offices in, in homes, you know, the home offices that I've seen are typically the smallest bedroom. That would do me in. Like I can't sit in a six by eight foot box with a window that you can't see anything out of that. That would just be too much. So I'm always either on the sofa. I'd love to put my feet up. That makes me feel like I'm relaxing. So I'll have my laptop on my lap and my feet up. That that works for me. Or I'll be at the dining table. Now I've got a few homes now, but if I was in my regular home, I've got an office um, that looks out through, I've got a stand-up desk, which again is important because I can stand up or I can sit down. Again, that gives me loads of energy. I've got a Peloton bike so I can work whilst on the bike, which I love doing because then I feel really efficient. And all of that looks out over uh, through French doors over the pool and jacuzzi in the garden. So that for me is a motivating workspace and I enjoy that a lot. But I think if I only had that, I would find that really boring. And so knowing that there's a couple of coffee shops I can go to, I'll often eat lunch out. I don't know if you do this. I'll often eat lunch out on my own. <laughs> it just sounds really sad now, doesn't it? <laughs> but oh, I think to myself, in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little sign. I have a little sign saying, "I'm lonely. Come, come, have lunch with me." I put it on my table. No, but my point is, if you've been in in the same environment for for a few hours, sometimes I think, "What do I want to do?" I'll, I'll, I know I'll walk there. I'll grab a healthy lunch. It'll take me an hour to eat that, so I'll bang out those emails. And I know it looks odd when you get a laptop out in a in a coffee shop or whatever but it doesn't matter um i don't care what people think and then you Mm. can do some work and you've had a healthy lunch you've not spent the time making it you've had a break you've had some fresh air i I think the more the more i think about it they're little hacks aren't they if you understand yourself you can hack your own enjoyment for me if then at the end of the day someone says oh how was your day like i mentioned i've just been for a run like i'm still buzzing the endorphins are still going through my body that's probably why i'm talking so quick (laughs) but (laughs) they're still flowing through my body because i've just got in from a run and i feel amazing and i'm really chuffed because one meeting finished 30 minutes early and so i i knew i had the 20 minute gap and i thought that's not enough when I planned my day, it wasn't enough time to go for a run, but all of a sudden I had a 50 minute gap and I thought, Oh, I can get a decent run in. So I went for, a, I got about a 40 minute run in b- before this podcast. And, and that's something you couldn't do if you're at the office. You know, I can only do that because I'm at home so I can grab my running stuff and I know I can have a shower before I have to actually see someone in a little while. <laughs> it's lucky you can't smell on podcasts. Oh. Isn't it? I smell sweaty just for the, uh, uh, just for the benefit of everyone listening. But, but that's, you know, at the end of today, I'm not going out for lunch, but um, having fitted in a run, having, you know, perhaps gone out for lunch. I'm picking my son up from, I dropped one son off at school and I'm picking the other son up from school and we're going to cook dinner together. I'll go to bed tonight thinking, yeah, I've had a good day. And that's because I've been in control of it because I've engineered it to suit me. Other people wouldn't like my day, I'm sure, but I've really enjoyed my day. And if you go to bed and the majority of the time you fall asleep thinking I've had a good day, then you know, that's what life's about, in my opinion. Mm. And, and and I you, know I couldn't do that as an employee. Sorry to interrupt you. I oh, sorry to stop your in, your rude interruption of me, Pauline, of my monologue. But I know I know I wouldn't get as much enjoyment from being an employee. And I think that's the the the, the acid test, isn't it? What were you going to say? I can't remember. Now. <laughs> I was just laughing. I was I'm always thinking. Remind me not to have a podcast with you. Just after you've been for a run again. God, am I But it, but it is that knowing yourself, and also the fact you are your own boss. You have that level of flexibility that, mm. as an employee, we don't have. But if you're working from home, you can introduce it. Um, I, I love, I love walking the dog. Like really love him. But I, I like walking him once the kids have gone to school. Hmm. So after nine o'clock, you know, that's kind of, I can get a slot and, and I can work at the same time. I can do a call when I'm walking the dog. I do like multitasking. So, you know, you can introduce that um, into your into your day. I think your working environment is critical. Um, I've, I have functioned my office. I have three windows in my office and I'm sitting in the perfect place. So if anyone's into feng shui, it's uh, absolutely um, have a look at your environment and where you sit, where you face 
um, that sort of thing as well. You should have a chat with uh, with my mate Violet. She, you, you, she's oh, Crystal's a different laugh. She, oh, yeah, God. She's she's into all that rubbish as well. So you can have a good chat. <laughs> I tell you what, we've looked at it from a a, a, a leadership and and um, results perspective, and uh, yeah, it has massive impact. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Ah, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, you'll both beat me up for that. I don't think it's rubbish for before I get all the letters. Yeah, um, right. I'm going to give you some rapid fire tips, guys, because uh, it's been quite uh, a nebulous conversation, which I love. But if you're coming on for hard tips, here they are. You have to have a default diary, I think. And many of these concepts we've covered on previous podcasts, but if you want us to cover them again, just let us know. So you must have a default diary. And what that basically is, is a map of your perfect week so what would your perfect week look like because in a sophisticated property investment business you need to do marketing and you need to do sales and you need to do operations you need to be sourcing finance you need to be chasing conveyances you then need to be doing renovations normally and lettings and unless you're doing all of that or monetization if you want to keep it broader unless you're doing all of those in proportion you're not going to have a um, a successful business. So your default diary sets out on a Monday morning, I'll do this. On a Tuesday afternoon, I'll do this, etc. Default diary, really important. You need to be working from a quarterly plan. So you need to know what your focuses are every week for the next 13 weeks. Because otherwise, what, what are you going to do when you wake up tomorrow morning? What are you going to be doing in your property business? And I see people who for years, if not decades, have just been doing what they feel like doing and they never get anywhere because they go around in circles. So you need to have a quarterly plan, which needs to fit in with your 10-year, five-year, three-year, and one-year plans. And again, we, we call that our yellow goal sheet, and we've covered that on podcasts previously. You also need to be planning your week in advance. So you need to be sitting down on a Sunday evening or a Friday afternoon and going, right, what's next week look like? When am I going to do this? When am I going to do that? So you you work out what needs to be done, which will massively improve your chances of doing what needs to be done rather than what you feel like doing. And finally, you need to plan your day in advance. So before you go to bed, you need to have written down what you're doing hour by hour the next day, and then you have a plan for success. And if you go to bed the next day, the next night, and you have followed your plan, then you've probably had an amazing day. And so those five tips, guys, if you just do those five things when working from home, whether it's for someone else or whether it's for yourself, you are massively more likely to enjoy the journey, which is what it's all, which is what it's all about. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I, I've certainly enjoyed it. Uh, Pauline's enjoyed listening to it as well. So uh, um, until next time, happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment